I shouldn't be afraid to, to, to do this anymore. And I had a boy, ex-boyfriend who basically was like, oh, you can't do burlesque, you can't do burlesque. And so I dumped him and then I started doing <laughs> so burlesque. I <laughs> like, and I dumped him and I started doing burlesque. I was like, kind of, fuck this. Yeah. Uh, Hello, hello, and welcome back to Girl Talk. I'm your host, Jasmine Milner, and it's been a while, guys. And I know it's really been a while because I forgot how to work my microphone, and it took me about 20 minutes to figure out that you, I don't know, have to turn it on. So, <laughs> so yeah. A really long while I'm so sorry I got caught up in school and work and everything and this kind of just fell on the back burner for a couple months I need to apologize for my voice I have been sick for like two months straight that's what college does to you but I feel like this is a little bit excessive like relax you're fine I, I've been sick I just I I've been working I'm a mess I'm really a mess I like got home from college and stayed in bed for 10 days straight and I really wish that that was an exaggeration but it is absolutely not so I'm still in bed as I'm recording <laughs> I'm still in bed as I'm recording this and I feel like I have to do something productive so <laughs> that's why I'm recording an episode and I'm really excited to get back into it guys but that being said, don't expect an episode from me every week. That's just not physically possible for me at the moment. I would say maybe expect one once a month from here on out, hopefully. And I'm holding myself to that. That's my New Year's resolution is to like actually do this, okay? But I'm back, and we have an awesome episode today. I am so excited about this one. So you just heard from TZ Roosevelt. She is a burlesque dancer, and the thing that I find so interesting about her is she is very political to say the least the reason why i initially wanted her on the podcast is because i went to a burlesque show that benefited planned parenthood and she was one of the performers so she comes on stage and she's in like this awesome american flag costume she's got american flags in her hair the dress is like blue and white stars and she's taking it off and everything and she's got different flags she's pulling out of different places and she's got stuff written on her and on her butt, she has the words, dump Trump. And I was like, oh, wow, hi, we're gonna, <laughs> you're going to be on the podcast, okay. Uh, so that was really, really cool. She was really awesome about it. Um, yeah, one of the most interesting humans I think I've ever met, and it's just such a good conversation. I completely forgot that we were recording. You know, she's, she's really cool. You guys are going to see. So without further ado, please welcome TZ Roosevelt. Alright, so first things first, um, what's your, your stage name is Susie Roosevelt, right? Mm -hmm. But what's your full regular name? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. just to keep it private? It's to keep it, yeah, it's to keep right. it very, very separate from what, from my work life, muggle life, to one of my performer life. Now, if it were, now if it were kind of living in the city, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. But since we live in a very small kind of city of like right. 90,000 people and where people everybody kind of knows everybody I'm yeah. sort of like I like to keep those separate so does so, it ever like cross over at all have you 
had a lot of... No. Okay. No. It's usually, it's very, very separate. Like, I have a separate Facebook page. I have a separate, like, personal page. Like, certain family members aren't friends with my, you know, my uh, performer page. Yeah. Friends are different, so very much separate. Right. Okay. So how did you get into this? Well... I should start off with an intro. So tell us first what you do. Well, I do burlesque, and I do comedy. And I work with a group locally called Pop Culture Provocateurs, and I produce a American history burlesque show called T.Z. Roosevelt's Guide to Titsuri. And yeah, I, uh, I've been doing burlesque for about five, maybe longer than that, almost six years. Started doing it full, full-time, part-time, 2012, and I got into it. I always kind of wanted to do it. I had my burlesque name for a very, very, very long time. And I got into it because I was like, you know what? I want to get up on stage and and showcase like body type, like my body type. And I shouldn't be afraid to, to, to do this anymore. And I had a boy, ex-boyfriend who basically was like, oh, you can't do burlesque, you can't do burlesque. And so I dumped him, and then I started doing <laughs> so burlesque. I him, <laughs> like, and I dumped him, and I started doing burlesque. I was like, kind of, fuck this. Uh, no one can tell me what to do. And, you know, you have a lot of you have a lot of people saying, oh, you certain body types can't be on stage, and, like, it should be really, you know, very refined. And that's what I love about burlesque, because it get, I feel like it gives a lot of people permission to... You know, get up on stage and be themselves and incorporate that you know there's a lot of in my burlesque persona there's a lot there's a lot of me there's a lot of comedy there's like my love of American history into it so even though it's a separate persona it's still like it's still me I mean I know that some people have like total their total persona and it's completely separate almost like drag like you have your drag persona and then you're out of drag and you're like regular guy walking down the street kind of thing but yeah it, it basically Started from somebody saying, "No, you can't do that." And I'm like, yeah, don't. That's always the best fuel to fire yep. too. I feel like when people say that to you, you're like, "No, okay." I'm always been that type of person. That I have, no, you can't do that. Well, yes, I can. Yeah. Even if I fail at it, I still tried, right? right? Yeah. So that was a, that's how it started, and then now it's like a it's like a part time job, really. And if there are performers who do it full time. Uh, I'm one of those performers that does it as uh, an, an additional income and for the love of doing it right. as well. So. so can you explain burlesque to people that maybe don't know what it is listening Well, yep, I can do that quite a bit. Burlesque is, to me, it, it's going to mean so many things to different people, but to me it's about celebrating your body, celebrating uh, comedy, the ridiculous, beauty. Uh, I think most people think it's just stripping. Uh, and that's where people feel start to feel a little uncomfortable, and it is. It does incorporate a lot of. Stri- it is stripping. You know, you are taking your clothes off, but it's more in a cheeky way. It's, it's there's a there's a story behind it. Like even for when you get like get on stage, I'm like for me, I'm writing stories like whatever with all my acts, like from start start to finish. But it's it's it is stripping. It's comedy. It's sexiness. It's the ridiculous. It's the absurd. So it's it's not just getting up on stage and and being a stripper, even though you are you are stripping. And there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with stripping. Stripping is like I admire I have a lot of stripper friends, I admire them completely and I know 
that they're old school, yes, it was very much stripping. Um, but now I think neo burlesque is like being ridiculous and crazy and kind of getting up there and being political and having something to say. And even old, in old school, like burlesque, they had something to say, they had something to say with their body. They were like confidence. Getting up there and taking your clothes off, it's like sometimes it's somebody's worst nightmare to get up there and like be like, oh my god, I'm naked in front of people. So, so if, if, it's, if someone comes to me and be like, oh, I really want, oh, you do burlesque? Oh, that's like all sex stuff, right? I'm like, well, I mean, depends. I mean, it depends on the performer. But it really is about embracing the ridiculousness and the comedic aspect and the stripping aspect. It's all everything all into one. So my mom saw a burlesque show that for the very first time, and she's like, "Oh, this is what it, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be." Oh, really? Yeah. In she, a positive way. Right? Oh yeah, totally positive way. She she was like, "What? This is crazy. This is not something that I thought." Because in the mindset, I think we're still so repressed as a society regarding like sex, and then that when people are seeing other people on stage getting naked and stripping, they they either have a bad reaction to it or they have a, like a positive reaction to it. And I think when people think of burlesque, that's what they they think of, like, oh, it's just really inappropriate sex sex stuff. And it's like, no, it's not. And even stripping is not like that. You know, we're providing a service. Like we're entertaining you stripping provides a service you know but she she had a great positive reaction towards it yeah. so you had a lot of negative reactions too or has it been mostly positive um i've had mostly mostly positive reactions uh i haven't had we really haven't had anything around here negative i feel like troy is a good place to set up for this yeah even even in albany schenectady i know there's a couple like uh, Noel Rain and Persephone Palm did a, a show at this art gallery in Troy, and some people were kind of up in arms about it, but nothing too crazy, which I'm actually surprised that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> like, no, I'm surprised. I think that's great, though. Yeah. Um, do you think, as a society, then, that we're moving towards being more accepting of sexuality and body confidence? I think it's, I think it can go both ways. I think it really depends on who you talk to and their and how they grew up and what they're doing right now. Um, I say it because I, I think it's easy for me to say, yeah, totally, because of all the people I hang out with. I mean, I really am not exposed to uh, people who are who would think that burlesque is something bad, you know. Uh, so in that aspect, I think, yeah. I think there's a change happening. Um, I especially think there's a change for like my my body type has been. Uh, people have said like, no, you can't get up on stage and and do that. And I think there's a definite change in acceptance of all types of bodies being on stage. I know that there's some. I mean, there's some people that are like trolls and and shit like that who are like. But. I think there's a definite change in acceptance of that. Like all bodies are, are beautiful and 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 should be celebrated. I haven't had any really negative reactions to that at all. And I think yeah, yeah. And I think when people who have this kind of misconception about burlesque and they see all these you know different types of bodies, it's like oh, this. Is, I, that's me on stage. That's really nice to see. Like I had several 
several people come up to me after a show and be like, it's really nice to see like you on stage. And I'm like, oh, thanks, and you can do it too. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm like, well, any, anybody can get up on stage and do it. Like, it, I mean, it takes a lot of work, and if you're going to put the work into it. But I, back to your question, I, I haven't really seen any negative reactions to it. But again, I'm pretty insular with who I hang out with, and I don't really talk. I don't talk about it at my day job at all. Nobody, nobody knows that I do it. Really? <laughs> yep. Nobody in your office. I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody knows? Nobody knows. That's great. Yep. That's really cool how yeah. keep that separate like that. Yeah, because, you, you know, you never really know the type of reaction, you know, people have. People have lost jobs because they have done burlesque or continue to do burlesque, you know, people. How do you feel about that, like losing jobs? Like, I've had people lose jobs over an Instagram post because yep. their skin was showing, but it's only been when that I know that I've lost jobs. Yeah. So how do you feel about the possibility of losing a job because you do something like this that you love? Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> like, it sucks, and you're right, it happens mostly to women. Who, who do that, like who lose their jobs. And everybody I've known who's lost a job because they had burlesque or something, posted something on Instagram have been women. And I personally, I would never, unless it's like super, you're, you're racist, you're out there with the proud boys, you're doing all this awful shit, like you deserve to lose your job because you're working with other people and you, and uh, you deserve to lose your job, but if you're working in an artistic capacity and you are doing your best to keep everything as separate as possible, I, I personally feel like that's your downtime. That's what you're doing on your downtime. And if, if it's not hurting anybody and you have total control and permission to give yourself to do it, then you know what does your job have to do with what you're doing on, on Instagram? You know, like I know. It's, it's hard. It's hard because I see, I understand, like, if you work for the government and you have a prominent presence within, like, the community, you, again, you don't know how people are going to react to what you post on the internet and, or you don't know how people are going to react if you're a burlesque performer. Like, I have aspirations. I would love to run for office someday. And I always thought, like, okay, what's my game plan to uh, talk about burlesque? Like, you know, as a, it's a positive aspect and embracing your sexuality and, and I guess I said before a lot of people have problems with that so you never know who you're working with in the office or like if you are a government official and you're out there campaigning there are people who are not going to get it and they're going to vote for you because based off of like oh she's pouring around or something like that like I personally don't think it should have any your job and your life outside is completely separate. And if your job is being affected by your life, outside, like your outside life, then okay, yeah. you know. But if it's not harming anybody, you're not doing anything. Like, just stay, stay back. That's what do you think it is, though? Like, is it jobs? I want to know what aspect is the sexuality. What you think is what's getting people fired, or is it just the idea of controlling women, or is it? I, th I mean, I think it depends on the company. It depends on the company, what the company is doing, like what they're putting out there. Um, I mean, a, a lot of companies are owned by men. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know that. I, I don't know the real answer to that because, like, I get, I get why a, a company would 
inspire somebody, but also at the same time, as I said before, it's like it should be totally separate. And we're at a real space, like time, like we think we're at a real time in society as women where we are feel like everything is stepping back. And I feel like more people feel like they can start controlling what women do and what women say. And you know, with like the Me Too campaign, you know, women are where we're not taking any shit anymore. Like we're done, you know, like we're done taking shit. Even even people I know who are kind of very quiet, quiet, you know, very don't want to make a fuss are now like starting to be like, you know what, this is wrong. And it sucks for our, definitely sucks for our political climate, but also I think it's good in a way where, okay, all these rights, of all our rights are being taken away and now we have to do something about it and even if it's just pointing out every day like microaggressions and shit like that or like letting your boyfriends husbands know like hey if you see shit call it out like women you know women can only do so much and if we we start getting everything taken back there's limited amount of stuff that we can do and people have to start taking actions for it and i just i I think we all got, we got super complacent under Obama. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, and now so it's like, oh, so we're super comfortable, everything's great, like, but then, then it's just like sort of catered, like a catalyst, like, started, and now I think, I think burlesque is even more important because there are a lot of great burlesque performers who do political acts, and, and that's definitely something you cannot suppress at all in any capacity, it's the, the right to express your political opinion. Right. So. so what's your feelings then? Like, I'm kind of getting the gist of what you're going for, but how do you feel about our current political climate? Like, what's your feelings right now? <laughs> you can't seem to give a big thumbs down right now. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I like, I'm so angry. I'm so angry and I, and I try not, try not to be. I try to look at like the work that I put out as a very positive way to express how angry I am or like more of the acts that I'm trying to do or even running for office or working with like local organizations you know trying to get trying to use that anger in a positive a positive way but then you're like ah oh, I'm still I'm still angry I'm still I'm very angry at everything that's going on in the world and I have family members who work for the government and you know they're trying to do their best as, as possibly as they can to like make the world better and it's just so it's so frustrating I think I remember like not the day of the election I'd skip work like I, I actually I showed up to work and then I was like I need to go home I can't go I can't go I can't function mm -hmm. I remember I closed the gym the night of the election because I work in the gym at school and people just sat there and watched it and like I didn't close for until like 20 minutes after it was supposed to because we're all sitting yeah. there just crying. There's just people crying yeah. on the floor of the gym. Like. And, and I remember um, the when Obama was elected I was living in New York City and that was it was like party in the street. People were hugging, hugging people were just hugging each other and jumping up and down and I was like so, I felt at that moment, I felt so happy to be like, this is amazing. This is like, everybody's just being like one together. And I felt so happy to be like an American 
citizen at that point, like, oh, yes, our democratic process worked and people were fed up and they were like, done, and now it's like, we're done with Bush and we got somebody really great and new in. And, uh, and then, like, the total, like, it was like total opposite of, of election day on November, and crying and people, and my friend came over and we just sort of sat on the couch and just sort of stared at the TV because where we, we, we were just so in, in shock. And I think that's, for me, it became like, oh, I have this level, I was like, oh, you know, I have this level of privilege where I thought everything was gonna be okay. And then it was like a wake up call for me going, okay, you kind of need to get out of your bubble of privilege because everything's not okay right now. And well, it's not okay. in New York, and like, yeah. I, I know up until the election, I thought there was no shot of him winning mm-hmm. until we saw reds popping up on the map. Yep. And we're like, oh my God, entire states. Yep. I think it was when he got Florida? I yeah, that was Florida or Ohio. Everyone just started crying. Like, no, yeah, there's not enough like anti-anxiety medication that could have like helped me that <laughs> night. Well, not enough in the world. And I think a lot of people also forget that, you know, New York State. If you know, if you look at a lot of the districts, the voting districts is, you know, upstate New York is pretty red. My hometown is so red. It was like the reddest place on the map. Where are you from? Do you know Rome? Oh, Rome, New York? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rome yep. is the, it's a lot of Italians. A lot of people have been stuck in their ways for years. Yep. Not a lot yep. of uh, diversity. Very yep. red. Very, very red. It's. I think a lot of people forget that about New York State. That if we, honestly, if we didn't have New York City, or like, yeah, we, we even even Long Island's red. You know, there are just certain districts in Long Island that are super red. And but again, we, you know, we're very insular. We hang out with people who are kind of like-minded that with us. And I just sat there with my friends and I think and like. Yeah, I had this massive level of privilege where I thought everything was going to be okay. And then, you know, POC knew immediately, like, yep, not going to be, it's not okay. You know, I was, I, re- I remember, re- like, everybody was writing posts on Facebook, and I remember writing, like, mine over and over again. I was crying, and I was, like, so disappointed at myself. Like, what it, what could have I, what could have, what could have I done to, like, not prevent it, prevented this from happening, you know, like going through. We all felt like that, because we thought we had done stuff, you know, yeah. like we thought we had it in the bag, everybody got very comfortable, even, obviously she got comfortable, yeah, she, she got thought comfortable. she had it in the bag, and, and I was like, so, I was also very upset for women, I go, what, like, really, you can't, you can't see, even if you, if you voted for Bernie, or any of that aspect, like, you can't see how better this is than Donald Trump, like, and I was so sad for women. I was just so sad for women. I was like, we can't even get a female president. I felt, I was like, that. I think that killed me the most about that because as being a woman, like, yeah, we, we, have, we have a first woman nominated to like a major party and she can't get elected president. We have not come far enough. We thought we did. That was the crazy part. We thought we did, and but you know the Obamas had to deal with a lot of racism through like you know, and and then when you when you go back and think about it, like yeah, you know Obama was elected, but still there was still so much work to do for people to accept like an African American as as president, and then that made people angry and like oh we're not gonna vote 
Obama ruined the country and we're not going to vote for a woman or Democrats anymore. And I just, I was just so sad. I was just so sad, but I was like, okay, what can I do to, to make myself not, to channel this anger? And so I started like tweaking a lot of my burlesque acts to convey the times. Right, no, and I, I like, remember seeing your, it was the one that we did, because um, I'm with the Planned Parenthood group, mm-hmm. and you had like an American, uh, America get up, and yep. each thing, you kept pulling out flags, yep. and the, well, I forgot what it said on your ass. It was like, it had, it was very tame. It was dump Trump. Yeah. But usually I have like, depending on the audience, I usually have like fuck Trump or like, you know. But uh, yeah, like treat, because a lot of my acts, like I had a, I have a Nixon routine that that turns into like Nixon into Donald Trump. So I I start out as Nixon and then I turn into Donald Trump. But that Nixon routine was just like, just a presidential routine. It was just like Richard Nixon, I was burlesquing as Richard Nixon. And then that turned into like Donald Trump and then I'm working on a, a newsies routine that started out just being newsies and now it's working into like the political climate and then the American flag act was more like it was, it was like a celebration of being America and stuff like that yeah look how corny I am and whatnot and then I realized like I can start incorporating all of this stuff, North Korea, uh, Russian flag, like all of this stuff has started being incorporated into a lot of acts that I already previously had, and now I've been catered to to the the political climate. So, and I keep thinking of other acts that I want to do as well. I mean, I really feel like there's a definite when when the when stuff like this happens to our our, our in politics, it's like art gets better. Yeah. No, art gets def- better. I definitely agree with that. 100%. Yep. I felt like this is like a resurgence for, for me. I had a I had one a person tell me at one point because my whole I'm a theme like my whole persona is like a theme American history uh, you know occasionally I do some nerd less stuff and I have a couple classic acts just for like my uh, just to do you know for like a party or something like that but uh, it was like someone told me. You're such a niche. You'll never get hired for stuff, and now it's like, and now it's like, well, yeah, people want to see it. People are clamoring to see political acts and historical acts, and people lampooning the government as much as possible, even though the government lampoons itself. Like, how could you like, when you hear our president, or not my president, uh, talk about the president of the Virgin Islands? You're like, what? I read that three times. Like, wait. Like where do we? I don't even know what world, what is happening, or like what's going on, or how he treated Puerto Rico, or how he's treating Puerto Rico. Like, I can't. I just even the even the worst presidents throughout history were some sort of kind of some sort of statesman. Like, they knew that the <laughs> they, as much as like I'm not gonna give George W. Bush any like. I think people want to be like, oh, George W. Bush. It's like no, he he kind of was. A, he was a shitty president. Like, I'm not going to put him on a pedestal. But even he knew how to be a president. Like, there's a it's, a it's a diplomatic position. You're like a statesman. You're supposed to be representing, you know, the American people. And Donald Trump has no clue how to be like that. Has no appreciation for being president in any capacity. What? Like, like the allure about him is like the fact that he's not a politician. Like what? Oh yeah, that's getting people that, on. His that's that, that's what it is. Like yeah. he's a he's a you know he says what's on his mind. Like 
yeah, okay, yeah. Do you listen to what he's saying on his mind? Because it's uh, awful. But he spoke to he spoke to like the white working class, and that's what the, they felt so disenfranchised because for some reason they thought Obama wasn't working for them, and it's like they had a they had somebody voicing for them, which total craziness because he was not for them in any capacity. He's a billionaire. A but billionaire. Appeal to you guys. Don't no, worry, he's got you. He's white. Yeah. And he appeals to it. That's yeah. really what it is, and. He, he, in some capacity, spoke to them. I'll never, I mean, I'll never kind of rationalize or understand it, but... I'm trying. I just... Yep. The more tweets he puts out, too, the harder it gets to, like, understand. Because they're still, like, I still have friends at campus who are, like, still so Trump, Trump, Trump. Really? And, like, I just, and a lot of them women. That's what kills me. Well, 51% of American women, white American white women, 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 yes. Voted for I Trump, and I, I don't, I... I, I, I don't know. I like I had tried to have conversations conversations with like Trump supporters about it because I felt like all right, I'm not gonna yell at somebody as as angry as I am. I'm not gonna I gotta have a conversation with like somebody over it. And this it was the same rationalization. Like he spoke to us. He gave us what we you know he he took us out of like hiding and now we're here. And, Okay, and it, and you know, like in campaign school and stuff like that, they tell you if somebody votes Republican for the majority of their life, they're always going to vote Republican. Um, I know I knew a couple of people who voted Democrat, like old school Republicans. Those always surprise me. Yeah, voted uh, voted Democrat, um, but you know, if you're white working class and you've been voting Republican for the rest of your life, you're going to continue always to vote Republican. Like, there's a difference between the Republicans now, and old school Republicans, you know, like it's more Tea Party aspect, more kind of radicalized. Um, so, like, old school Republicans aren't going to, like, really, because fiscal Republicans aren't going to really identify with somebody who's Tea Party Republican, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so, what do you think then? What's the solution? Not necessarily a solution, but what do you think that the average person can do? right now to kind of change it so that maybe in four years or however much time we have left with Satan, what can we do to make this better? I feel like keep keep voicing as much as possible. I mean, use your voice. That's the one thing that they can't, like, that they want to suppress that they can't. You know, go try to, like, go to Planned Parenthood events, like, support Planned Parenthood. Um, even be vocal online, you know, I think some people feel that there has to be a criteria to your activism, and there, there really isn't, you know do what you can. If you don't have money to, to go and fund, you know, Planned Parenthood or um, ACLU and things like that, voice your support on social media. Uh, if you have a car and you have the, and you can go to events, go to events. Uh, start looking at the running for office. Find out candidates who you think you want to support. Uh, support women candidates. Uh, get more involved in women in politics. And try to be as active as possible. There's so many ways to be active right now, and rather to be complacent. You know, I, most people think like there's only one way to do something, and it's not. It's not. You keep writing. Keep writing your congressmen and women. I mean, I, I, most people don't realize how important that is. Just keep on writing and writing and writing and writing and calling them up and expressing how angry you are. Even the ones who do vote 
for for the the causes that you support. Just you gotta keep calling and you gotta make like again complacency. I think everybody got a little complacent, and now now is the time to use centuries and centuries of democratic voice that we had. Now is the time to use it. There, you just have to be vocal and not go away and be annoying as fuck. <laughs> you know, nobody, we're not going away. We're not going away. That's it. And I think they realize that. I mean, there are, there's some, I think, I, what is it? I think Ted Cruz is really, I haven't heard much. No, Paul Ryan. I haven't heard much from Paul Ryan lately. I think he's worried about his seat. So he they should be. should be. He should be. He should be. What, I don't know what these people think they're going to, you should be worried about your seat. At least, even if you win, if you win by a short margin, that should be that should be like a wake up call to you. Because people are unhappy. There's more of us than there are of them. I'm gonna boil it down into two more questions because mm-hmm. I realize we've been talking forever now. Oh yeah. So, um, so second to last question, uh, I like to ask this question because it gets to know more about you. Personally. Yeah. What's the event in your life that has had the biggest impact on you so far? Event in my life, the biggest impact. Like personal event or event in the world or maybe both, whatever whatever you think of first. Um, let's see. All right, so uh, when my my father went to prison, so that was a very big event for me because uh, I was very much a daddy's girl and had a lot of things paid for me, and it sort of was a big event for me to be like, okay, you can do this on your own. You can be, you can be a person on your own without the help of your parents. And I like lived it, you know. I lived in New York City for a very long time, and and I got to be on my own, and I got to learn what it was like to be on your own and, and struggling and trying to pay bills and not having that like backup, you know, your parent backup for it, you know, like yeah. So that was a very big event for me, and I think um, it also it also taught me to work harder on my art and realize like you know if you want to stay in the city and you want to continue doing what you're doing you gotta you gotta work for it and i and i went and i did a i was like a freelance photographer for a little while and during the whole recession so that was hard but i did it i mean i was unemployed too at certain times so that was hard like that was a very big that was a big event too like being unemployed and struggling and knowing what it was like to like like really be like not like humble yourself I'm like okay this is like a low point in my life and I know that I can only go up from that and then I mean I think the biggest world event is like obviously the election like totally affects you um, but yeah I think that the big event in my life yeah that would have been that would have been it All right, last question yeah so with burlesque and everything that you what is when you get up on that stage? What is the one thing that you want people to take away from either your performance or even even the event as a whole? Like, what are you trying to tell people? I just want them to be like, "Holy shit, that was amazing!" Yeah. <laughs> like, I want them, I want them to think, and I want them to be like, "Oh my god, I saw this type of body type on stage," and I want them also to have a good time. Right. Like, if you've never seen a burlesque and you're a little worried about it, like, I want you to come out of that show and out of my act going, "Oh my god, I had a great." I had a great time. I had a great time. 
like that's that's what I want. I want I want you to have a great time and be like oh or and think and be like oh my god this is not what I thought it was. So. All right, Teasy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem.